to me, okay, to me. Ultimately, martial art means honestly expressing yourself. Now, it is very difficult to do. I mean, it is, it is easy for me to put on a show and be cocky yeah. and be flooded with a cocky feeling and then yeah. feel like pretty cool and all that. Or I can make all kinds of phony things, you see what I mean? Blinded by it. Or I can show you some really fancy movement. But to express oneself honestly, not lying to oneself, and to express myself honestly, you know, that, my friend, is very hard to do and you have to train you have to keep your reflexes so that when you want it it's there the expression of the human body I mean the f everything I mean you know not just the hand and when you're talking about combat well I mean if, if, it, if it is a sport now now you're talking about something else you have regulations yeah. you have rules but when you're talking about fighting as it is oh, rules. with no rules no fighting. well then baby you better train every part of your body I'm not surprised, mother... I'm not impressed by your performance. What's up? Where you at, George? I like Big Dumb McCartney pulling me about folks. That's how I like to roll. You feel me? Nobody gonna take this bed. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much for this opportunity. I'm proud for fighting you. For you. Don't bring the dog out of me. I'm the man of the hour, Joe. Too sweet to be sour. What you see is what you get, and what you don't is better yet. I fight for the fans. I wanted to keep fighting as long as it took, and I wanted to win this title. Thank you, everybody, for coming out. I did it. I don't have much left to say other than you have seen nothing yet. <laughs> Running water never grows stale, so you gotta just keep on flowing. Aloha, Aloha Nation. Welcome back Welcome to the back Fighter's to the voice. voice. The voice of the voice fans. fans. BJPen.com Radio. Radio. As always, guys, guys, I'm your host, I'm Jake, your host Hinch. Jake Hinch. Pleasure to be Pleasure here, to here with you each and every one, every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern, Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. Got another Got great another show lined up for you guys this evening. evening. As we do As each and every week, every week, a couple of good couple guests. guests. But first, but first my, apologies my apologies for running late, running late on you all this evening. It's been a wacky day. day. Our website director, Mr. Scott Hernandez, was out with his family today. And, uh, and uh, I had to take I on some promo, promo work, work. And, and in doing so, so I, exported I exported the files for our, our interviews tonight, tonight, tonight in the wrong, the wrong format. format. And I didn't realize, I didn't realize that until the last minute. minute. So, so it went crazy, 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 before we get Before into, we that, get into that, though, when it comes when it to mixed martial arts, arts, for every, for every grave, grave from the sports that you love, you love bjpen.com forward slash MMA news, 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 we've got, we've got you covered. We're your premier, We're premier source for all the latest and greatest and this awesome sport of MMA, all the top breaking news and viral, viral videos, videos, exclusive content, content. as I said, as I said everything you grave all in one place. Not to mention, not to mention, we've got videos coming out, coming out every week. 
from some of them best, best athletes, athletes in combat, combat today. today. BJPenJapan.com is the largest, largest independent-operated operated MMA site, site out, there out there today. We greatly, greatly appreciate your support. support. Go there now. Go there now. Bookmark, Bookmark us. us. Set up notifications. Follow us, follow us on, on Twitter, Twitter Facebook, Facebook, Instagram, Instagram Google+. Google Plus. Stay up to date on the sport that you love, love mixed martial arts. BJPenJapan.com forward slash MMA news. The fighter's fighter's voice, my friends. As I said, go there now. There now. Wait, let's Wait, listen to the show. Check it out. Check it out. Stay up to, stay up to date. And keep, up, keep with up with the ever-changing landscape of MMA with, with ridiculous, ridiculous amounts of news coming, coming out every day and controversy and, controversy and, and things to follow, storylines to follow. We've got it all in depth. All in one place, as I said. Man. Crazy day, folks. And insanity. Also, also, please, please check out our YouTube channel. YouTube, YouTube BJ Penn, Z-O-C-C-O-M. We're going to be uploading stuff there regularly starting this week. Make sure you guys can check that out as well. So tonight's lineup, episode 46. First up, 815. The ninth-ranked light heavyweight in the UFC, Misha Serkinov. It was announced, uh, I believe, last week, week before. They'll be taking on Glover Teixeira. That's going down at UFC Fight Night 119 in Sao Paulo, Brazil. That's October 28th. So we'll be previewing that fight with Misha. Getting his thoughts on Glover as an opponent. What this fight means for his career. Moving forward, getting back into contendership. Moving up in the division. And how important this fight for is, is, is for him to get back in the win column here. Dangerous guy, Glover Teixeira, veteran of the sport, very recognized name, a lot of clout in his name as well. be a very good win for Misha if he can get it done on October 28th in Brazil. So, all right, I'm, I'm sorry, not 8.50. When I'm done with this rambling, first up, we'll be joined by Misha Serkinov. Second guest of the evening, closing things out tonight. One of the best boxing coaches in the business. The heralded boxing coach of the Diaz brothers. Of course, I'm talking about Richard Perez. Have a great conversation with Richard. We get an update on the Diaz brothers. Nate, more so than Nick. But nonetheless, we discuss them both. What, ha- what their futures have in store what he thinks will be next for each guy. Of course, we talk about the possibility of a McGregor-Diaz trilogy fight, rubber match. We'll get his opinion on the suspension of Nick. Nate holding out for, for more money with the UFC. Wise move, in my opinion. And, of course, we're going to get his breakdown of Mayweather-McGregor, all the controversy with the uh, released sparring video, and so forth. A couple of great guests, another great show, BJPenn.com, BJPenn.com Radio, the fighter's voice, my friends. So, guys, like I said, wacky day, lots of news. I didn't even really get a chance to write some news down. So we're just going to go off the top, go to BJPenn.com forward slash MMA news, and we're going to talk about some of the biggest news from the week. Of course, first and foremost, last week we had seen the release of the photo 
of Paulie Malinaji on the ground in a sparring session with Connor. Later that week, the video was released. My opinion, it doesn't say too much. A lot of speculation going going around. People are eating this thing up and going insane. Whether or not it was ethical to release the video, I think that's that that is different for everybody's opinion. Does it say much about Connor's ability to box? Well, you're going to hear Richard Perez talk a little bit about that. But the one thing that I can say I take away from this is that Connor, on the break, on a clean break, popped Paulie pretty hard with the straight left. I think if he's going to have a game plan against Floyd, would not be a bad idea to try to catch him off of a clean break as he's likely not going to be able to catch Floyd at range. I mean, the news with this is going on and on. There's all kinds of chaos. Malinaji flipping out, calling for a, a fight with McGregor. The, the plot thickens as days go by. We saw their media workouts. Breaking news as well. The glove size for Mayweather McGregor has been reduced to eight-ounce gloves. Clearly, that favors Connor. Is it enough? Very tough to say. We heard an announcement that Tony Ferguson will not be taking on Khabib Nurmagomedov at at UFC 216, but rather he'll be fighting Kevin Lee, the Motown phenom, for a crack at yet another interim title. My goodness. My goodness. So big curveball thrown the way of, uh, of Khabib. Not a day goes by, man. Tough to keep up with this. It's calamity each and every day in mixed martial arts. Uh, big news. This was pretty exclusive to BJPenn.com. Uh, Josh Thompson. Controversial ruling. You heard it here on this show that he was uh, potentially going to get another opportunity to appeal the decision uh, with the with uh, Patricky Pitbull. Headbutt. Fight should have been stopped. Didn't get stopped. He continued fighting. Should have been a no contest, he says. Ref says he, can, he was, he was uh, all there upstairs. He could continue fighting. His argument was he was on autopilot. Any fighter would do that. They give him the hearing. They tell him, we're not going to take away the loss. We're not going to change the, the ruling. But we'll put an asterisk next to, next to it. How sweet. How kind. How nice of the commission. Unbelievable. Craziness, guys. I don't know how anybody can keep up with all this. I do my best, but good golly, is it a lot to take in. Speaking of Josh Thompson and Bellator, one of my personal favorite fighters of all time, former UFC heavyweight champ, two-time heavyweight champ, Frank Mir is headed to Bellator. A lot of cool matchups for him there. We've seen this time and time again. Fighters either become unhappy, have a dispute, it's not resolved, they jump ship to Bellator. Now with Frank, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting case in that he would have preferred to stay with the company, but under the, the new USADA testing uh, procedures, he had failed the test, he had a metabolite, they could not find where the metabolite came from, he went crazy trying to track it down, they decided to, to suspend him for two years. 
just or not. I mean, I personally lean, lean Frank's way on this. But lost one of their – I mean, he isn't like – I think his entire MMA career almost was with the company. I mean, he's got like 20-year tenure with the UFC, and they let him walk. USADA's been good to the game, but they've also made some really bad moves. And you'll hear Richard Perez and I talk about that here in just a moment in regards to Nick Diaz. Um, we saw Cody Garbrandt, Aljamain Sterling go back and forth on Twitter. Accusations that things got pretty racist. I don't know where all this race stuff is going, man, but I really wish it would chill out. That's the last thing this country needs is more, more insanity with, with, with the racism. Uh, everybody just friggin' love each other. Come on, man. That's how I feel about it. But then again, what does my opinion matter? Uh, Matt Hughes, guys. This is my favorite news of the week. Matt Hughes, his friend made a post with a photo of Matt out of the hospital, says his progress has been a miracle, and it looks like that he's taken another step on that road to recovery. Our hearts have gone out to Matt this whole time. I know Penn Nation, you guys have supported him as well. Very happy about this. God bless Matt Hughes, and uh, keep on that good fight, my friend. I'll be very happy to see him back to 100%, and he's taken another step on that journey to do so. Paul Heyman, Brock Lesnar, they've been hinting that they're going to that they're going to give up the WWE contract. They're going to move on to MMA again. This rumor will not go away as we've talked about extensively here. The USADA drug testing pool, his suspension, all of these things need to be considered. And I don't think it would be right for him to come back, immediately get a crack at a guy like John Jones. Don't get me wrong. He's a big payday. Brock Lesnar's a big payday for anybody. But let's have some friggin' integrity here, huh? If John wants to move up, give him Stipe. Have him fight Stipe. Unify a title. Super fight. Two champions. That would be the route to go. John Jones wants a big payday. Can't say I blame him for that. But it, he needs to defend the title at least. I mean, the, the timetable alone does not seem realistic for, uh, for Brock to come back and, and get a fight with, uh, with John Jones. So, and <laughs> this happened, uh, right after the podcast last week or day of, I can't remember. Skip Bayless makes a sumo wrestling comparison for 40 pound weight advantage that Nate Diaz had over Conor McGregor in their second fight. And he said that he was a sumo wrestler, had sumo wrestling skills. Well, I think it's about time that guy stops talking about mixed martial arts, my friends. Just a suggestion, Fox Sports. Don't, don't hold me to that, though. You guys know better than I, clearly. But there's, there's some news. I could have I done better going in depth with this, guys. But like I said, it was a pretty crazy day getting ready for the show. And uh, you know, I had a lot of stuff to do, do myself as well. But we're here. We're live. We've got some great guests for you. Anything you want to know, mixed martial arts related, breaking news, hot topics, trending viral videos, exclusive interviews from myself, Chris Taylor, Tom Taylor, and the whole squad. 
Oh, big shout out to uh, Justin Golightly, by the way. Our man just joined the team. I didn't get a chance to uh, to, to say that last week because uh, we were kind of pressed for time with the length of our interviews. But big shout out to Justin. He's been a great addition to the team so far. I have no doubt he will continue to be. And uh, a lot of props to, props to him. Welcome to the team, my man. And, uh, you know, shout out Russell, Tom, Chris as well. And, of course, Scott Hernandez, who I hope is enjoying his time with his family this evening. Let's jump right into it, guys. First up, Misha Serkinov. As I said, good conversation with him. We're going to preview the fight with Glover Teixeira coming up at UFC 119, UFC Fight Night, rather, 119 in Sao Paulo, Brazil. As I said, spoke with him. Actually, we spoke with him last week, I think, and saved the interview for this week. So, uh, hope you guys enjoy. Misha Serkinov, BJPenn.com Radio. Coming up next, the fighter's voice and the voice of you guys, the fans. All right, Penn Nation, joining BJ Penn Radio for the second time, the number nine ranked light heavyweight in the UFC, one of the division's most talked about prospects. Please welcome back to the show, Mr. Misha Serkinov. Thank you very much for taking the time to speak with us today, Misha. Uh, are you in Toronto right now, correct? Uh, yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm in Toronto currently right now. Training and evolving as a martial artist, I presume. Yes, training, learning, trying to get better. So it was just announced that you'll be facing Glover Teixeira at UFC Fight Night 119 in Sao Paulo on October 28th. When was this fight first being talked about for you, and how excited are you to get back in there against uh, one of the one of the veterans of the division? Um, I talked uh, with Nick Mayer about this fight uh, about, I would say, two weeks ago, something like that. And, um, yeah, it's a tough matchup, you know. Glover is a very tough guy and experienced, and, uh, you know, so it should be, it should be good. It's a good, good fight, and, uh, you know, it's a kind of like really big challenge for myself. You know, training very hard, a lot of motivation for me there, and uh, just doing my best. Coming off your first loss in the UFC and being matched up against a guy like Glover, you must have really jumped at this opportunity. Uh, he's not only one of the, not only a longtime veteran and a household name, but he's the number fourth ranked guy in the division. Pretty clear that an impressive win over Glover means a lot for you in your career, and it's not only a great way to bounce back from a loss, but it would likely put you right back in the mix as a potential contender. I'm wondering, would you agree with that, and how important is this fight for you to make a big statement on October 28th? Yeah, 100%. You know, it's a very, very big fight, and uh, a lot of people know who Glover is, and he sits really high up in the division, and a win over somebody like that is going to definitely me in a very good position, kind of back on the radar, back into the, you know, those big fights, and uh, that's exactly what I want, you know, like, I, even though, like, yeah, I lost my last fight, just, you know, it is what it is, it's a fight business, and uh, I'm just excited to be uh, right back, you know, at uh, Top Guys, be fighting amongst the best, so just very pumped, a lot of hard work ahead, and uh, yeah, very excited about it. Stylistically, you guys match up very well, in my opinion. Very similar. Both heavy-handed with great ground skills. Give us your thoughts on how you both match up and where you think he's most dangerous. Um, yeah, it, it, it is a really interesting matchup. Um, Glover is a really heavy hand and has good ground. And just overall, he's, he's really complete, you know. Um, 
So, I don't know. It's, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting fight. It's going to be interesting to see how we will match up against each other. Like, you know, he comes from forward, throws bombs, and I try to do the same. Um, so it's definitely going to be a very exciting fight for the fans, and they're going to see some uh, fast action um, uh, fight on October 28th. Considering that you're both coming off of a loss and have a lot to prove in this fight, are you expecting him to have a chip on his shoulder and maybe be more aggressive than usual or even possibly go a less risky route towards victory? Uh, you know, I have no idea. It's really, really hard to predict um, exactly how he's going to come out. He's coming off the loss, I come off the loss. Um, it's still a tough fight. You know, we both need a win. And... Um, you know, it's really, really, really interesting. Like, I, I cannot tell you how he's going to come out and what he's going to do. I'm just going to be training in all the areas and trying to get better overall as a fighter. And uh, I'm going to be very, uh, very on top of my game on August 28th. And, you know, it's going to be a very interesting fight. So just to touch on the loss, first step back in the UFC, and it happened so quickly that it must have been very difficult to take anything away from that fight that would have helped you moving forward. Give us your assessment on the fight, and what, if anything, were you able to learn from it? Yeah, you know, I, the crazy thing is I've never been kind of like practicing even in, in practice. And uh, when it happened, I, I just, you know, sort of like split half a second, I couldn't just control my, uh, my body, and that was it. I got a little bit, a little bit greedy, I would say. I, I felt kind of the speed of his hands, and I felt kind of like, you know, like a little first exchange that he threw at me. And then I started throwing my exchange, and I felt like I was a little bit, you know, faster, and, you know, faster with my hands, and I felt like I was a little bit stronger, uh, you know, in the beginning. And uh, that's why I started kind of going at him, and then I don't know where, uh, you know, it ended. It is what it is, and obviously nobody likes to lose, but it's part of the game, and uh, yeah, you just have to bounce back and uh, do your best again, and not let losing or, you know, bad, bad luck or whatever never get, never get, uh, never frustrate you, and uh, just do your best all the time and hope for the best. I will say that when a fight ends that quickly... You obviously don't get a chance to show your true ability. You got caught, and there's not much you can dwell on as if it were a close decision. Not only that, but, you know, Volkan is, is another example of a guy who just hasn't arrived yet to the division, if you will. Uh, what was your reaction to his knockout over Jimmy Manoa? I'd imagine you'd really like to run that fight back sometime in the future. Yeah, you know, um, I mean, this is what it is. Like, Volkan, like, you know, landed that punch uh, again, and... Uh, he was able to beat Jimmy uh, very convincingly, and uh, you know he's a top guy. And congrats to him and all the best. But uh, definitely there'll be other people kind of having him as a target now. You know, so yeah. Um, you know it is what it is, and I'm, I'm, I'll be working very hard towards uh, getting a rematch one day. So speaking of Volkan and Jimmy. Uh, in the main event, that night we saw the return of John Jones. He looked as dominant as ever. What did you think of the fight and his, the return of Jones? What does that mean for the division, in your opinion? 
Yeah, I watched the fight. It was a super exciting matchup. I uh, in the beginning of the fight, I I picked uh, Daniel Cormier to win, and in my opinion, you know, the fight was uh, amazing up until kind of obviously the end. You know, like uh, I, I I was cheering for Daniel, but you know he lost. It was a very very tough, very very entertaining, very very skilled fight, and um, you know better men won, and John Jones is a champ, and. You know, it just shows how dominant he is and, you know, how tough he is. And, and he looked way better than his last fight against uh, OSB. Like, the, uh, the John Jones that we've seen against Daniel Cormier is probably, like, you know, seeing John Jones with everyone's been expecting to come back. And yeah. that's exactly he kind of lived up to his expectations. And uh, really, really cool. Like, you know, he was good for him. And now he looks like he might want to fight him. <laughs> Heavyweight or, you know, Brock Lesnar or something like that. So it's, it's exciting. It's, it, it adds up uh, definitely value to the division and uh, excitement. And um, it's amazing. I think it's a good good for the 205-pound uh, weight class. And it just shows that, you know, some of those 205-pounders are going to fight even heavyweight. You know. Following the win, Jones proceeded to spark further interest in a big money fight with Brock Lesnar. Lesnar has since then shown interest as well, but the suspension of USADA, the testing pool procedures, make it a, not a realistic fight for the time being. What should be next for Jones, in your opinion, and should he have to defend the title before being allowed to move up in weight? Um, I mean, it, it would be nice to see him defend the title at least, at least uh, once against somebody like, uh, you know, Alexander Gustafsson. I think Alexander Gustafsson gave him one of the toughest fights of his career, and he's been working very, very hard to kind of put himself back on the picture, and he had some dominant wins. And in my opinion, I think Alexander Gustafsson deserves uh, to have, a, you know, the, the rematch of his own and being able to fight for a title again. That fight just kind of, like, makes sense, in my opinion. Um but John Jones kind of wants to follow steps of, you know, probably Conor McGregor and create super fights, which is amazing. It's good for him, you know, making money and all. But, I mean, we, you know, guys need to defend their weight classes, defend their belts, because otherwise it's kind of like all the other guys are underneath. It's kind of like, you know, it doesn't give them the room kind of to chase that guy because, you know, all of a sudden he's fighting heavyweights now and then who defending the title similar similar scenario kind of with uh, uh, McGregor you know so yeah. I, I would definitely I would love to see him defend the title for sure 100% and on the flip side of things we saw Daniel Cormier take this loss very hard as he was dr- driven to tears in his post fight interview however when I thought of what should be next for DC I immediately thought of you and the fact that Daniel had been paying attention to you in your career uh, since you joined the UFC Without looking too far ahead here, with a big win over Glover, would you agree that a fight with DC would make sense for you both? I mean, that would be, that would be a really, really serious fight. And, you know, I'm in, I'm in this uh, business, you know, to fight. So if matchmakers, UFC, wants to have that fight going, I mean, you know, it is what it is. We'll definitely fight. Okay. Um, so I don't know what's next for... Uh, but uh, he definitely 
definitely the top guy, and he definitely sits there as a number two kind of spot. Um, probably not not even number two. I, I would say he's like the top top contender. He's kind of like a number one number one contender. You see, still even though he lost, because I mean he just put up such a good fight, you know, and uh, just he that kick and just one kick just changed the whole fight. You know, I wish that the fight could go a little bit longer, but you know it is what it is. But yeah. It, And getting back to the task at hand with Glover, you'll be going into enemy territory here as uh, this fight will be going down in Sao Paulo. Any concerns or adjustments that you'll be looking to make when it comes to the hostile crowd, and will that even be a factor for you? Um, you know, I'm not really sure. I kinda, I've never been in Brazil, and I don't know exactly kind of, you know, what kind of how the crowd are. I know they definitely will be cheering for their local um, uh, fighter, you know, but uh, at the end of the day, I just got to concentrate on, you know, on my opponent because he's going to be in him in the cage. Um, the fans won't be able to go in there and help him, you know, so, yeah. I don't know. I think that, uh, I don't think it's going to play that big of a role because I'm going to just try to kind of like isolate all the noises and all the fans and just we discussed style matchups earlier, but something else that I, that I think is worth discussing for this fight is uh, is the damage that Glover's taken in recent years, especially in his last fight against Gustafsson, not taking anything away from the quality of opponent that he is for you, but do you think he should have taken some more time off after this fight with uh, with Gustafsson? And do you think the accumulation of damage he's taken could be catching up with him now? Uh, you know, it's, it's hard to it's hard to tell for me. You know, like I've I've never been, I only been kind of like um, uh, rocked once. So it's hard. Like you know, he Glover would know that you know himself best. You know, he would know if he's having headaches, if he can take a punch or not, and we'll see how he feels. You know, like. He's the only one that kind of really knows that. But uh, at the end of the day, he was still, you know, taking shots and holding the shots well up until the the, the last round. So the Glover is durable guy. It's not like he yeah. he's the easy easy guy to kind of knock out. You know, that's not the case. I see him in person. He's a big guy. He's a big head. And he's a durable durable guy. I don't I don't think that you know, he is like easy to knock out now just because he last couple fights against a league of their beat, you know. Uh, I'm expecting him to be really healthy and very, very strong on October 28th, so I'm not taking anything lightly at all. All right, listen, Misha, you've been more than generous with your time. Just a couple more questions here for you. We greatly appreciate it. When you visualize this fight playing out, how do you see it unfolding? And what do you see as your official prediction for this fight? Uh, you know what? It's, it's like it's very hard for me to predict what's going to happen in any any of the fights. Like usually, like in my last like nine fights, the you know eight of them went my way. The last one is just you know I slipped literally for like split half a second, and that was it. So it's very hard to guess. I'm just going to be very 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 alert. I'm working a lot on my agility and the speed and uh, hand-eye coordination awareness. Um, you 
for all the Misha Serkinov fans out there, what can they expect from you come fight night and why should everybody tune in? time my man we are certainly looking forward to the fight and all your continued success as you head towards the uh, championship here any shout outs you'd like to get in before we let you go yeah just shout out to all the MMA fans and all the people that buy pay-per-views and support the sport and uh, thanks everyone for tuning in and all the listeners and, uh, thanks for uh, giving me your time of the day as well all right, always a pleasure, my friend. Hopefully we'll catch up uh, closer to the fight or maybe after the big win. Best of luck on the 28th of October. <clears throat> All right, Penn Nation, there you have it. Misha Serkinov taking on Glover Teixeira. UFC fight night 119 in Sao Paulo, Brazil, October 28th. Obviously, that's going to be a free one. I believe on Fox Sports 1. I could be incorrect. Don't quote me on that. For all I know, it's on Fight Pass. Or what did they do recently for uh, UFC, uh, the the most recent event, 214? I want to say the prelims were on, like, FX or something, something along those lines. Anyway, a uh, very important fight for Misha's career. Also, a very important fight for Glover. I mean, this should be a real measuring stick as to where where he's at in his career, in the division. Can he still hang with the top 10? And you heard me bring up the damage there. Again, I'm not trying to take anything away from Glover. Tough guy, very durable. I mean, it took Gustafsson. It was either the fourth or the fifth he got the finish, if I'm not mistaken. I want to say it was the fourth. But accumulation of damage. I mean, we've seen this repeatedly in, in mixed martial arts. For some reason, guys hit a point where the button gets shut off, and then all of a sudden, it just happens time and time again from that point. Uh, most notably for me would be Chuck Liddell. When Rampage Jackson knocked out Chuck, it seems from that point on, man, if you, if you caught him clean on the chin, he went to sleep. So unfortunate, but as we learn more and more about CTE, brain damage, and all the science behind it, it's just something to consider. Again, not taking anything away from, from Glover. He's a tremendous fighter, tremendous athlete, very tough and durable guy. Always tune in to watch him fight. Uh, but just something to think about moving forward with him and uh, the damage he's taken uh, in his past few fights. Um, so, yeah, looking forward to that one, October 28th. Uh, hopefully Misha can get back in the, in the win column here. Uh, unfortunate setback against Volkan Ozdemir. Like I said in the interview there, you can't really take much away from 
a loss that happens in 28 seconds or whatever the case is. And it seems to me that he thinks he slipped and got caught. So even more disappointing for him if it was a, if it was a slip on the canvas that, that led to that knockout. So lesson learned, put it in the notebook, move forward, keep grinding, get back in the win column. That's what he's out to do here. So, by the way, my apologies for the audio on that one. I've been doing things differently here uh, in regards to the recording of, of me during these interviews. However, for that one, I just realized I forgot to turn off my air conditioner. So you heard that bad boy running in the background. Sounded like shit. My bad. This next one, though, I know for a fact the audio is pretty clean. But you know what? To, to stay on that as well, as I said, we were late tonight. I don't get to export WAV files to, to, to use on our system. I don't. This might sound like Chinese to some of you guys, but I don't get to export WAV files, and it's a much higher quality file. I have to crunch these bad Jacksons down to MP3, and uh, that certainly takes away a lot of their quality. So if it was up to me, guys, I'd be running uncompressed audio for you in all of its glory, but unfortunately, I can't. So my apologies. You've, you've been bearing with us this whole time continue to do so we love you for that uh as things move forward we only intend to improve uh so there you have it the fighter's voice bjpen.com i'm your host kinch we're gonna jump into our next interview here in just a second diaz brothers boxing coach i'm fairly certain he's worked extensively with gilbert melendez jake shields and all those guys at the scrap pack brilliant mind in the game expert in the game Richard Perez as I said we'll be talking about the Diaz brothers of course talk a lot more about Nate as it seems that Richard and Nate are, are much closer uh, and of course Mayweather McGregor the sparring footage with uh, Malinaji and you're also going to hear something that completely flew over my head following the uh, Diaz-McGregor rematch. I was not privy to this information that he's going to drop on you guys. Maybe some of you are. But it completely went past me. I don't know how credible it is. But if it is true, shame on the UFC. So coming up here, Richard Perez, Richard Perez Boxing. You guys can find him on Twitter and Facebook. However, doesn't seem that he's... uh, much of a social media guy, but give him a follow anyway. Promote his gym. It's in uh, Manteca, California, if I'm not mistaken. Great guy, great conversation. Uh, one of the one, one of the more f- cool, uh, laid back kind of. It's nice to just have a, a, a back and forth conversation with a guy rather than being so focused on uh, covering your topics and getting the questions in that you feel are important. Uh, when the when the conversation just flows naturally like this, it's a wonderful thing on my end as the interviewer, and it also is a wonderful thing for you guys as the listener uh, because it just sounds better. It's a it's a like I said, flowing conversation, easy listening, easy speaking to him. Like I said, great guy Richard Perez coming up next. The Fighter's Voice, BJPen.com Radio.
All right, Penn Nation, please welcome back to the show one of the best boxing coaches in the business today, longtime trainer of the Diaz brothers, Mr. Richard Perez. Richard, thanks for joining us today. How are things uh, down at your gym, man? It's going good, Jason. Thank you for calling. Hey, not a problem. As I mentioned, we greatly appreciate your time. Uh, one of the best guys in the business, best minds in the business, so a lot to talk to, uh, lot to, talk to you about today. Uh, I know you're a busy guy. Let's not waste any time. We'll jump right into it. First things first, Nick and Nate Diaz, how are they doing, and have you had a chance to work with them lately? Uh, Nick, I haven't seen him around. He's too busy running around, but Nathan, he comes by uh, to the gym, and he gets a little workout, and he does jiu-jitsu. He's keeping busy. Very good, very good. Uh, both Nick and Nate have been away from MMA for quite some time now. Uh, I know the fans miss them dearly, but first with Nick. Uh, Dana White said over a month ago that he doesn't think that Nick will ever fight again. What's your take on that? But Dana White doesn't know, and nobody knows. Only Nick knows. You know, I know he wants to fight again, but right now, I, I guess he's just waiting for the for the right person. You know, because uh, they're tired of getting chump change. You know, they're 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 top fighters. Everybody wants to see them. They're action fighters, and they're good. So why not pay them? Yeah, I agree. I agree. And you know, uh, speaking of money, that's something I we'll talk about in a little bit here in regards to Nate. But we all know that uh, Nick was flagged by USADA over some really BS technicality, in my opinion. What do you make of his provisional suspension, and do you think they're just busting his balls at this point? Yeah, they're just messing with him. You know, I don't know why, but maybe because he turned down some fights, that he wasn't getting enough money. Uh, you never know about Dana White, you know. That's unfortunate, very unfortunate. And, and it seems to be the thing, like you mentioned there, Nick and Nate, they, they both bring in a great crowd. Fans want to see them fight. Why not pay these guys what they're deserved? Right. They should. They should get paid for what they deserve. Just like uh, McGregor. You know, who's McGregor? I mean, he's a little guy, but yeah, he's got a big mouth. He ended up fighting Mayweather because he's got a big mouth. You know, it could happen to anybody, but yet, since he's supposed to be good in, in MMA, and Nathan, you know, laid him out on the ground, so now he wants to fight Mayweather because he has a big mouth. So, here we're at. That's where we're at. Yeah, it's a strange world we live in, that's for sure. Um, so, well, we certainly hope that, that the UFC comes to its senses and works something out with Nick. But moving on to Nate, uh, one of the sport's biggest stars, but he's also become one of the smartest athletes in regards to negotiation, as we were talking about there with the money. He's wisely sitting out until the UFC makes him a good offer. Give us your thoughts on his decision to play hardball with the company. Well, he's doing, he's doing the right thing. He's, you know, he's, he's the pitcher right now. You know, he's, throwing the, he's throwing the balls, curve, strike, whatever he wants right now, and they have to give him what, he, what he's asking for. I mean, they, you know, because he's already made with McGregor, so... Uh, they need to keep it on top there because he's really, really popular. People want to see number three, which is McGregor and Nathan, and it should happen. I mean, uh, I was hoping that he would go into boxing and, and box McGregor. I mean, that would be a good one because Nathan can really box. When he boxes and, he, and he's not hurt in the gym, he does. he's awesome. That, that boy's bad. Yeah, that's actually something I wanted to touch on here in a minute. But, you know, uh, Nate's made it pretty clear. As you mentioned, he wants the trilogy fight with McGregor. And there have been rumors circulating recently uh, that that fight might take place in December. I'm wondering, have you heard anything about this? And do you think it's a likely possibility in your opinion? That's what I heard. But I, you know what? After this fight, Mayweather, I don't know what's going to happen. You know, he's going to make a lot of money. So he might he might kick back and just wait a while and he might come back and do it. He, I know it's in his mind because after this, he knows he's got to do it. McGregor has to do this because it's only the way they've been two, and everybody wants to see a third. And in his mind, he feels like he has to do it, so it's going to be done. It's going to happen. 
Well, yeah, that kind of transitions into my next question perfectly. I know the last time we spoke, we discussed how, how much of a crime it would be if this trilogy fight doesn't get booked. But, you know, looking back on it now, would you agree that, that Nate has known all along that this fight is inevitable? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's his back of his head. Sure, he, he, he wants it to happen, and everybody else does. <clears throat> you know, I mean, there's no other way out. Right, right. So, obviously, his, his decision to sit out and wait for this fight probably going to pay off in the long run. Um, what do you think's taken the UFC so long to make this fight happen? Do you think they're worried about Connor losing to Nate again? Or has this just been uh, maybe another situation of kind of treating the Diaz brothers badly? Well, it could, it, 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 it could be both. And, and I think, too, because uh, Greg was opening his mouth, calling out Mayweather, and they were hoping that it was going to happen, and it did. Yeah. You know, because it's a big money payday. Because uh, uh, he's calling out Mayweather, and he, you know, he's supposed to be good at MMA, but he doesn't have no good defense. So I mean, just just what he did, you know. And Dana White knows that he was going to end up fighting Mayweather. We're hoping it did happen. So here, here we are. Right. Well, that's perfect. Let's change gears to that. I wanted to get your expert opinion on this fight, Mayweather McGregor. First off, what was your reaction to the fight being booked? And do you think this is much of a freak show, as some people are saying? Well, it, 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 it's a, it could be a freak show, but the thing is, uh, Mayweather doesn't have no really, I mean, uh, McGregor really doesn't have any experience in boxing. I mean, he's pretty, he's okay. He just has no defense. He has no defense at all. He has a good left hand. He throws a little bit of combinations out there, but Mayweather's a, a professional fighter. He's 49-0, and 0, which speaks for itself, and McGregor's 0-0, zero zero, you know, and that, it's not right for him. I mean, if somebody gave Nathan, I, okay, I'd be right there and say, okay, do it, but Nathan can really box. When he, when he goes to the gym and trains, I work him, and he boxes good. I mean, he broke the record throwing the most strikes in, in, in uh, UFC. That says a lot. Absolutely. Uh, you know, so McGregor doesn't throw a lot. Let's break a record like that. So he's going to be in trouble with Mayweather if he doesn't catch Mayweather at left hand. They're using eight-ounce gloves, which is better for McGregor because he's got power in the left hand. But I don't know if he's going to put him away. I, I, don't, I, I doubt it. You see a lot of people talking about Conor really only having a puncher's chance. I'm wondering, do you think he has a legitimate chance in this fight at all, or even a puncher's chance for that matter? No, he doesn't have a puncher's chance at all. And he gasses out. I don't care how hard he's training. they got to watch out for him because he probably takes the substance that he did when he did with Nathan, you know, woke him up. So I know they're taking tests right now, Ramily, but still, they got to keep you careful with that because he will do it. There's no way he's going to come in without taking any substance and be strong, you know, in boxing because boxing is a lot of stamina. Yeah. Well, can you elaborate on that? A substance that that woke him up in the in the in the Diaz fight? You're saying? Oh yeah, they he, they, they said they even said it afterwards. Oh, it was a while back. It was well after the fight that they did find him taking some substance. Substance, but they didn't do anything to him. Really, I think this went under the radar for a lot of us. What do you know? What the substance was, or or was it an in between rounds thing, or a before no, no, the fight? No, it was after the fight. It was after the fight. Way beyond after the fight. Probably a couple months later, they brought it up. You know, they brought it up on him. The last fight. It was the last fight that Nathan fought him. Because, you know, you think about a kid, a guy at 145 moving up to 170 the first time. He bulked up in muscle. That's not going to happen. You're going to have some fat in you because you're short. You're not going to be all muscle like that. Yeah. So, And I even told him when, he, when Nathan first fought him, when they, when they called me, I forgot who it was, I said, look, he's got to be on some kind of steroid, some kind of substance. And when Nathan asked him, he got defended. He got, he got really upset about it. If it would have been me, I would have been laughing about it. Yeah, I was there. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but he was really mad. He was angry. So that speaks for itself right there. 
and Mayweather and them have to really have him checked, have that guy checked. Yeah, well, interesting point there you make. Uh, I, I remember him getting very defensive at an accusation of steroids, so uh, usually the guilty act like that. But that's something, I, I man, I'm going to have to look into this. That went right above my head. I was completely unaware that. So did he fail a drug test? or? After the fight, the last fight, I, I read it, and it said that he had some kind of, it's not steroids, it's something that bokes you up. I forgot what it's called. Okay. And uh, it's illegal. It's still, you can't use it in, in, in the UFC. Even in boxing, you can't use it. So that's why I guess now they're they're both being tested every week. I don't know. I'm not sure how, how true that is, but yeah. Wow. Oh, wow, man. I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm really gonna have to look into that one. That one right. That one went right over my head. Uh, wow. What a shame, man. Uh, you shouldn't have gotten angry. Even you. If I told you all you were so, would you laugh about it? If you weren't, but if you are, you're gonna get defensive. Absolutely. That's that's the human nature's natural reaction. I mean, you say something that's that's ridiculous, it's laughable. But man, well, that's a damn shame if true. And uh, that there there needs to be better. Like this goes back to the situation with Nick. I mean, you got guys out there that have been cheating for years. Guys out there that have that have played the USADA game, the drug testing game. Nick Diaz feels for smoking some reefer, and they chastise him. Uh, and 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 now it's like Nick Diaz isn't even fighting. He's going out doing his own thing, and then they're trying to suspend him because he wasn't somewhere he was supposed to be. I mean, this is just ridiculous. They're playing favoritism, in my opinion. Yeah, they are. And because the reason they, they know why, I know they know why they don't like his brothers. He really doesn't, but he has to put up with them because people want to see him. So now that Nick's not fighting, he's going to try to make it as hard as he can on Nick right now to make it miserable for him. So, he might, so he's going to have to fight if they keep fighting him. And it's ridiculous. It's nonsense. Get a guy that's out there taking cocaine or crank. Um, don't get me wrong, but look at uh, John Jones. You know, I mean, he he got busted for coke and, and whatever it was, and then he ends up hitting a lady that's pregnant, hit and run. I mean, and he's still fighting. Yep, yep. Well, I remember the cocaine one was one that really pissed me off. I mean, it didn't come out until after the fight that he had failed for cocaine. And while it's an out of competition situation, whatever the case is. Fine, whatever. But then Nick is gonna fail for for cannabis, and then you're gonna tell him he's, you know, suspended for five years. Absolutely insane. Absolutely I mean, we doesn't even make you uh, uh, angry. I mean, it's, you're like, I don't understand. And anyway, he doesn't do it right before the fight. He'll do it like eight days before a fight. You know, it's not like he's doing it the day or day of the fight. He doesn't do it. Yeah. You know, he just does. I mean, he may have a little hit or something, and it stays in your system and. That's what happens, but yeah. it's not. It doesn't make you violent. <laughs> yeah, far from it. Far from it. So, man, what a shame. What a shame. But listen, to, to stick with Connor here, does he have a legitimate chance, in your opinion? At all? Oh, I'm sorry, we we already talked about that. What would his potential path to victory be if he has one at all? Well, it'd be his left hand. But I know what he's going to do. He's going to get frustrated. He's going to try to grab Mayweather and push him down. Use his head. Push his head down. Hold him. Mayweather's got to be careful. He might even throw an, uh, an elbow. I mean, this guy's been doing MMA all his life. I'm, I'm, you know, practically, I don't know, 10 years or so. He's got he's got instincts that, that are still in his mind of an MMA fighter. So he might go out there and might throw an elbow. You know, he might he might go out there and, and accidentally knee him. I mean, you don't... Because, you know, when you're programmed to do something, then all of a sudden you're going to change right away? No. It's, uh, you have to start off from the bottom. He's not. He's way up on top right now. And then... Maybe it's going to be pounding on him, and he's going to probably get crazy and not mean to, or might do it on purpose. 
Yeah, you make a great point, and I think a lot of people are forgetting about that, that, you know, uh, regardless of how much Connor's training boxing, at the end of the day, he is an MMA fighter, and re- and your reactions are usually just programmed in you and natural. So let's say he got rocked or something. For all you know, like you said, he throws an elbow, does something wild. I mean, you'd see a disqualification and a ton of controversy. So would be very unfortunate. Um, so some of the biggest news, and actually, you know, you mentioned this. This kind of ties into this next question here with the clinching um, and, you know, trying to shove um, uh, Mayweather down. Some of the biggest news coming out of all of this was the sparring footage between uh, Pauli Malignaggi and Connor. Did you get a chance to see that, and what was your reaction? Okay, you gotta you gotta understand. Malignaggi hasn't hasn't fought in what six years or so, and you know he's out of shape. So he said, okay, I'll go do it. You know, I'll get some money. I'll go. Dang, it's gonna be it's gonna be that bad. He's out of shape going in there. So of, of course he's just not gonna have no strength, no stamina. I mean, he went he probably went twelve twelve rounds because McGregor's not really that good of a boxer. So pushing him down and grabbing his head and hitting him, of course, that's going to drain you. It will drain you a lot if you're not in shape. And that's what it did to Ragat. What's his name? I mean, it drained him. And so he just, you know, looked bad. But McGregor was not really boxing. And he had Cortez in there as a ref. I mean, he called Cortez to come over there and show, explain and teach him the, the, the rules of boxing. Oh, my gosh. That's, that's funny. <laughs> Why do you say that? Are you personally not a fan of Cortez, or? No, no. I mean, no. I like Cortez, but McGregor called him to Vegas to to, to bring him over there to teach him the rules of boxing. He's and he's and he's supposed to be fighting Mayweather. He doesn't know a thing about boxing. Yeah. You know, but anyway, back to your story. I mean, he he was just pushing Margarita around because he wasn't in shape. Yeah, you make a great point there, and I think that it's tough to. Tough to say what the whole story is without seeing all of the rounds. And quite frankly, the knockdown and the footage release, that could have been at the end of all of these sparring rounds. So um, do you think that there, there must be? I mean, do you think there's more to the story considering that they sparred for 12 rounds? And was the UFC right to release that footage? Well, UFC shouldn't have done it because they didn't allow Magli uh, to, to record. So they're just going to put out there what, what looks good for uh, McGregor, you know, so so they can pump up the fight. That's what it's all about. That's what they did it. They showed that, that oh yeah, he beat up McGregor, knocked him down. They're trying to build the fight up because I'm not going to buy it. I know a lot of people aren't going to buy that. It's ridiculous. I mean, because <clears throat> you got a guy who's never boxed before and doesn't even have a good boxing coach. Sure, he's got a good left hand, but he's 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 going to have to land that. Yeah, <laughs> and that's quite the task indeed. I mean, a lot of people are saying that. Obviously, it's all about money, but uh, I've compared it to Mayweather is allowing Conor to get a great payday because McGregor is going to bring something to the table to where Floyd can pay off his taxes, you know? Yeah, he's making good money. They're both making good money. Absolutely. Uh, I, don't, I don't know how much Mayweather owes, but he makes it sound like he has a lot of money. He has a business. He's, I don't know. He's selling other stuff, he says. But, I, you know, you really don't know. Only people really know their IRS. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> So, in regards to etiquette, though, in your professional opinion, should that kind of stuff be left in the gym and not made public? I mean, that seems only right in, my, in the way I think of it. What's that again? I'm sorry. So, so in regards to the, the release of the footage with, uh, with Malinaji, I mean, in, in regards to etiquette, you know, your professional opinion, shouldn't that kind of stuff be left in the gym? Yeah, they, they, should, they shouldn't even have showed it. Not that part, anyway. They, show it, they should have showed more than that. 
you know. Now, if why doesn't McGregor get somebody that's in good shape, a good fighter, to go in there and spar with him? That would help him. He's sure he's going to get beat up a couple of times, but if he keeps sparring, he's going to get better at it. You know, you would you would get better at it. Even though you're getting whooped, you'll get better at it. But he's not. He's just out for the money. Yep. And you know what? Lomachenko had even offered uh, last week to to come join him sparring, and that was shot down immediately. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, that speaks volumes to the situation there. Um, so we we both know that Nick and Nate have shown great interest in professional boxing. Uh, do you think that other fighters should should be allowed to to transition over as well? And how do you think the Diaz brothers would do in the squared circle? They did McGregor do it once, and then Nathan did it. Nathan would be really good in boxing. He would kick a lot of people's butt in there. He, he, they, they should have him fight McGregor or Mayweather. I, I guarantee you, you guys don't really know Nathan when he really boxes. He throws a lot of punches. I make him throw a lot of punches rambling. He goes and he throws his heart with both hands. And I would love to see him fight Mayweather or McGregor. He would whoop him. I know he would. I, that's not – if he does it, it will go to the decision. But with McGregor, it won't. McGregor, he'll stop McGregor. Yeah, again, I mean, you see so many fighters showing interest in this, and since McGregor's doing it, there's a lot of fights that make more sense. I mean, Stipe Miocic is a Golden Gloves champ. He has a lot more credentials. Obviously, the Diaz brothers. There's a ton of good fights that you can make in boxing. Um, but that being said, I mean, hopefully we could potentially see these fights getting made, maybe with some more uh, campaigning from the fighters, uh, maybe a little more represent- representation in regards to them and their contracts. But uh, if Nate or Nick was to, were to come into boxing, what do you think would be a good matchup for those guys? The top ten. Yeah, yeah anybody in the top ten, true. Okay. Yeah. I guarantee you they, they would, because when they come to my gym, they know I'm, uh, I mean business. And, they, and they're there for the business, too, because they, they know what they need to do. And they, and they do it. They do a good job of it. I mean, they spar with Andre Ward. Andre Ward loves sparring with those guys. When they just box and they go out there and spar with Andre Ward and get ready for a fight, they love it. And they had another guy that, uh, uh, what's his name? He was from, uh, I, know you know, I know you know who he is. He fought, uh, oh gosh, I can't remember his name. Uh, Andre Ward fought him and beat him. Uh, the tall black guy. Oh, uh, man. Oh. And he, anyway, he was sparring the guy that was going to fight that guy. And, and, and Nathan was beating him up. The guy came up to us afterwards and says, you know what? Nathan, you threw a lot of punches at hard, man. I, I couldn't even get you. You're, you're, you should be a boxer. But he's tied up. Yeah. He's tied up in the name. But McGregor can do it. Why can't Nathan do it? You know? I agree. I agree. I mean, looking past MMA, I mean, let's say Nate fulfills his contract and you see what Connor was able to do monetarily with boxing. Do you think that's a potential future for Nate if he was to ever leave mixed martial arts? Heck yeah. Oh, you would love to watch him box. This guy's like, everybody, when we go to spar with those people, the pros, they go, he's like a spider. He's like, his hands are all over the place. You can't even stop his punches. He's just constantly throwing, and, and he makes you miss, and he's moving. And I mean, he's when he gets down to nitty-gritty boxing, he does it. See, MMA is a little different, Jason, because what it is, when you go in there, sometimes you have to keep your hands down low because you have to watch out for kicks. Yeah. You know, and then that when you're, when you're really boxing, you don't have to worry about that. So you got your hands up. But see, a lot of people who see their, a lot of those guys have their hands down a little bit because they want to watch the kicks. If the hands are, hands are too high, you're not going to bring them down fast enough to block that kick. Yeah. And the takedowns, for that matter, as well. And the takedown, you're right, yeah. Well, that would certainly be something I, I, would, I would definitely be interested in seeing. 
I mean, as you mentioned there, just Nate's volume alone would be a lot of trouble for guys. So, uh, But listen, Richard, you've been more than generous with your time. I just got a couple questions here for you. Give us your thoughts on the trilogy fight with McGregor and Nate. What kind of adjustments would you guys make, and how do you think the fight would play out? Well, this, we'll have more time like we did last time, but this the next time we, we do it, we'll be careful who we're sparring with, kickboxing, you know, and, and, and go through a schedule, a good schedule. Okay. Yeah. And considering that Connor is the 155-pound champion, should that fight take place at 155, or would they contest it again at 170? I don't know what they want to do. <laughs> <laughs> Your answer is as good as mine, because I could say 155, I could say 170. You know, it just depends. I, I feel they should fight at 170 because that's where they're fighting at. I mean, but if they want to go 155, that's a, that's what they got to do. I'm just there to, to get Nathan ready and in tip-top shape. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well. Well. In my opinion, I would like it to be 155 just for the simple fact that Nate would have an opportunity to finally win a championship. Right. Uh, a long overdue, long overdue opportunity yeah. there. You're right. So. So. Listen. I guess in conclusion, um, what's your what's your official prediction for Mayweather McGregor? Mayweather. Any particular fashion or decision? How do you how do you see it playing out? Because because the record speaks for itself. He's he's been he's been around with a lot of tough guys. And Mayweather and McGregor's not even above those other guys. You know what I mean? He's not even uh, uh, the top five. He's not even the top ten. He's not even the top twenty. So he's going to come in there. Sure, he's going to try to use his strength and try to throw that left hand. And Mayweather already knows that. Mayweather's going to move around, and, and Mayweather knows how to counter. Counter's really good. McGregor just tries to counter, but he's not as fast. He's not as accurate. You know, so he's going to get caught. Do you think? You think Mayweather could finish him? Oh heck! You're gonna use eight eight ounce gloves. It's right. a big difference. Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of people are a lot of people, lot of people are leaning toward McGregor because of the eight ounce gloves. But you also well, forget. Okay, I'll tell you what. The first three rounds, if he can if he can catch Mayweather, yeah. But if he, he's not gonna, I know he's not gonna catch him. If he does, then more power to him. But uh, that's that's because Mayweather is laying back too much or. You know, didn't feel like overconfident. You know, sometimes people come in overconfident, and I know Mayweather's going to come in overconfident because this guy doesn't have no fights. Yeah. But he has power. He does have power in the left hand. That seems to be his his only path to victory here. Uh, be very interesting to see how the fight plays out, and I think most people like your expert opinion. See Mayweather running away with this, no problem. Um, so listen, Richard, we greatly appreciate the time. Uh, certainly looking forward to the return of Nate, possible return of Nick everything that the future has in store for those guys and your continued work with them. Um, any shout-outs or plugs you'd like to get in before we let you go? Yeah, uh, I'd just like to let you know that I'm doing good at my gym, and if anybody, anybody's welcome to come from any state, any country, wherever, and just come to my gym at uh, Manteca, California, yeah, uh, they're welcome to come by and check it out. And uh, all i got to say is they got to get Nathan in there for boxing. You bet, man. I, I agree with you 100%. I'd like to see it happen. Uh, where can everybody find uh, your gym and, and all of the, you know, specifics, phone number, location, all that stuff? Where can they find that online? It's uh, 212 North Main Street, Antica, California, 95336. The phone number is, oh my gosh, 209-647-4330. Awesome. 
Thank you very much, Richard, and big thank you to your assistant there. <laughs> thank you, Jason. All right, brother. All right, brother. We'll catch up again soon. And, uh, again, looking forward to everything with Nate, and greatly appreciate your time today, bud. If you have any time, come on by. Yeah, you bet, man. I'm, I'm way on the other side of the country, but if I ever find my way down there, you betcha. I'll be in there. All right, Penn Nation, there you have it. Boxing coach of the famed Diaz brothers, Richard Perez. I told you before we, before we ran this interview, accusa- well, I didn't say the accusations, but I said that Richard would have some interesting stuff to say about the uh, rematch between McGregor and Diaz. I don't know where that information came out. It really went over my head. I have to look into that, but claims that in bulking up, McGregor was using steroids, and he popped, but the UFC had overlooked it. Again, that news was not privy to me, but I'm going to have to look into it, uh, do a little research on that. Strong accusation, and if true, just another example of the UFC playing favoritism uh, towards their big money makers, uh, and it would be an absolute shame. So hopefully we see the return of Nate Diaz. You heard him there. He'd like to see Nate get into boxing, says Nate would be a great boxer. I have no doubt on that. Like Richard said, holds the record for most punches thrown in a single UFC fight. I could only imagine that that would translate well into the boxing ring. Uh, man, would love to see the Diaz brothers back. I know the fans would love to see the Diaz brothers back. It's a shame that the UFC hasn't done more uh, to accommodate them and come to a deal. I mean, yeah, they want more money, but don't they deserve it? I mean, Dana had said that Nate was not a needle mover for the longest time. And then he fights McGregor, and now all of a sudden, he is a needle mover. Oh, sorry, I was wrong. Well, I think all the fans knew it all along, and again, would love to see the Diaz brothers back in there. Hopefully this BS suspension of Nick gets, uh, gets settled, figured out. We can move past that, get him back in the ring. I mean, GSP's c- coming back. Would love to see that fight again. I'd love to see him fight Robbie Lawler again. Ton of great matchups for Nick. It sounds like, as we've all heard and known for a while now, Nate is gonna is gonna wait out until he gets the rematch or the the trilogy fight with Connor. Rather, hopefully that goes down in December. You heard it here. Uh, Richard believes the same. We'll see how things play out with the uh, with the Mayweather McGregor fight. Hopefully uh, Mayweather or McGregor rather doesn't just walk away from combat sports after a huge payday. Uh, so. There you have it, folks. Great show, great guests. Awesome interview with Richard. Thank you to both Misha Serkinov and Richard Perez for joining us this evening. Thank all of you for tuning in. We'll have another great show next week, every Wednesday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. Be on the lookout for all of the uh, interviews in article form coming up at bjpen.com forward slash MMA news. Make sure you guys like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, Google Plus, Instagram, all of that set up notifications so when we drop some news, you see it before everybody else. And also go check out our YouTube page. I'm going to be posting these interviews there as well because, unfortunately, some people who shall remain nameless were getting a ton of views on the work we do here at BJPen.com Radio using our audio. So I'm going to take advantage of that. We're going to put our stuff on YouTube as well. Be on the lookout for that. Tune in next week. This has been the Fighter's Voice. I'm your host, Kinch. Pleasure as always. 
Big shout out to the whole team, Team Penn. And stay tuned, BJPenn.com. We are the Fighter's Voice, my friends. Until next week, peace out.
wireless companies sold you an outdated plan tied to long-term contracts and mystery fees. Simple Mobile's different. You get a lightning-fast 4G LTE nationwide network with no contract ever. And keep the phone and number you love. Just text the word BYOP to 611611 to see if your phone is compatible. Simple Mobile. Out with the old, in with the simple. Standard text message and data rates may apply based on your mobile phone service. Please refer always to the privacy policy at simplemobile.com slash privacy policy and the terms and conditions at simplemobile.com slash terms and conditions.